Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Welcome to Are We There Yet? I'm Katie Gossett. And when babies come into the world, they're completely unselfconscious. They just do anything, cry, laugh, fill their nappies at will. But as they get older, some of that ease or confidence seems to ebb away. Oh, definitely. I think all three of them had confidence issues. <laughs> We've got three kids and each of them experiences periods when they go through you know, a lot of Confident. They're confident, but I think they also have their doubts within themselves. I mean, that's human nature. It is natural for all of us to have ups and downs, but it seems like as parents, we've become preoccupied with the ups. We want our children to be confident. The issue of confidence is an interesting one. We often hear people described as either confident or not confident, as if it's a thing we're born with. That's our clinical psychologist, Catherine Gallagher. In actual fact, it's often something that we learn through experience and it, it can really vary across time. So how does it come about that some people seem bulletproof and others not so much? Some might seem like they're born with an inbuilt Teflon shield to repel the opinions of others and the difficulties that life might throw at them. But rather than seeing this as an excess of certain quality, you could actually argue that these people probably experience an absence or at least a more manageable amount of anxiety, which is often the thing that holds us back or saps our confidence. We'll come back to those seemingly confident kids later on, but let's look at those children whose anxiety might be denting their confidence. We already know we've all got an alarm system that helps us through dangerous situations, but that same system comes into play when we just face normal challenges. The frustration we feel when we're struggling with a problem, or which we visibly see when we see a baby rolling over or struggling to roll over and pull themselves up, it actually serves a purpose. When we're faced by a challenge, the brain goes in search of a similar experience that it can draw on to kind of, you know, model what it's going to do next. When it doesn't find anything, the alarm goes off. This creates extra resource, we get extra focused, and as long as we aren't overwhelmed, then we're in premium learning zone. So in fact, it's an opportunity. The trouble is, a lot of people do get overwhelmed, and then anxiety kicks in, and suddenly trying to learn a new activity becomes easier said than done. I think it just became almost like they were frightened to try something in case they looked silly. It's really hard to be confident when you've got a worry brain telling you, but what if? Oh, don't do that because you might make a fool of yourself. So I think worries can often sap confidence. In other words, when it comes to the confidence game, for children with anxiety, it's not really a level playing field. And that's where it's tempting for us as parents to wade into the fray and rescue our children. But ironically, we actually need to scaffold the worriers more to go towards their feelings and challenge them as not being accurate and give it a go. And that can be a really hard challenge for both kids and parents. Of course, pushing children towards their challenges is not new. This educational documentary back in 1965 might not have talked about scaffolding, but it did urge New Zealand families to get alongside their children as they tried out new things. We should encourage and quietly teach them. 
With patience, we can teach them at an early age to be independent, self-reliant, to do things for themselves. And then, of course, practice makes perfect, although parenting and perfect don't usually turn up in the same sentence, at least not in my house. The point is, though, that the more experience children have of getting through a difficult situation, then the more confidence they'll have in facing new things. So, parents, it's great to expose kids to new challenges and experiences and reflect with them on the skills they already have and the ones they might need to develop in order to get through. In a way, we're encouraging them to see themselves objectively. Kids do need reminding of their strengths, and by the same token, they also need to develop realistic expectations of their ability. We can't all be rich in the core. We also have to be slightly careful that a conversation around strengths does not turn into a full-on reassurance session. If we spend too much time talking our kids out of tough feelings or reassuring them, then it can actually feed a lack of confidence as they learn that they need someone else to manage their tough feelings for them. Instead, when things do turn to custard, as they often do, then we should just let them kind of feel the feeling for a while. Sometimes letting them realise that that is the emotion that they're feeling and then, you know, if they want to talk about it, that's fine. Other times I've realised that they're doing it and I've just backed off. I think with parenting... And I fall into this trap all the time as we jump to, oh, but remember you're so good at this. It's incredibly important to stop and pause and hear what your child actually said, which is, I'm gutted. And if we jump to, oh, but don't worry about that. Look at this. We're missing that moment of going, yeah, I can totally see you're gutted. That makes so much sense. Why? Because you were so looking forward to that, hey, or you put so much pressure on yourself to do well at that and you haven't done well, hey. I'm really sorry you're sitting with that. And then you can move them into some reframing or then you can kind of move them into another way of looking at it. But if we jump over the feeling that actually I'm disappointed, then inadvertently we can be giving the message that you shouldn't have those negative feelings. Mm. This is why as parents, I think when the PC will, we jump over winning and losing. Because we as parents can't tolerate the fact that our child might be gutted. Being gutted, it's a learning space. Because what am I going to do with gutted? Am I going to push through it? And I'm going to try harder next time? Am I going to just go, actually, I'm, oh, the fun of doing the thing was worth the gutteredness afterwards, so I'm going to do it anyway? Or do I give up and try something else? But it's not just about what we say to them, or don't say. It's also about the views of other people, and what children say to themselves. Unfortunately, we can't get rid of all the haters. And this can be especially difficult when some of those are inside our own heads. But we can work on how to build our own Teflon shield and the skills around how to manage it when people are mean to us or manage our, what we pay attention to in terms of the self-talk inside our own minds. I use a lot of positive affirmations with the kids. So we'll sometimes just repeat them back to each other and just say, I am confident, I am capable. That's about them improving their own self-talk and their own mindset. Because if children don't get any positive feedback, it can really inhibit them when it comes to trying different activities. If I'm not trying stuff because I feel really anxious about it, then I don't get lots of practice at doing it. So I don't get kind of feedback from the environment that I could do it or that I'm good at things. So I don't try stuff. And so you can see how things kind of feed back on themselves. And over time, it can become a pattern and then a problem. We can have kids being a little bit vulnerable to low mood. 
because their lives become a little bit less full. And one of the things that actually protects us from low mood is having a life that has some experiences of pleasure in it, but also some experiences of mastery. So if we haven't got experiences of mastery, you can see how that can start to chip away at our mood. Now, I'm not sure that I'm particularly a master of anything, but luckily Catherine explains that mastery has a wider meaning here. You don't always have to win. The mastery experience might be, I did it, I failed big, but actually at least I gave it a go. That's the thing I challenged myself around. Or, I did it, failed big, and picked myself up, and that's the thing I can be proud about. So I think there's always some reframing that can be done, but let me be really clear there, reframing doesn't mean that we rescue our kids from any difficult feelings. Sometimes just being with the difficult feeling is the success. And it's good for kids to realise that they don't need to judge their achievements by what other people think of them. Sometimes, especially in this Facebook world, we've become really reliant on feedback from others to be a signal that I'm good at something or I can feel proud of something. In actual fact, for most people, the things to be proud of are who you are as a person. Am I actually an honest person? Am I someone who works hard? They're actually things that if I do well, I can feel pretty confident about that that's who I am as a person. Less reliant on whether I get an A in a test. People are more than just an outcome. And once children roll all those things together, the kind of people they think they are, the things that they like, the successes they've had, the failures they've had, then what they really want is to see that reflected back to them. In fact, and this is really important to listen to, self-esteem or self-confidence comes from being seen accurately for who we are and what we can do. And the first people who hopefully are going to see us accurately might be our parents. This means we can be good at stuff, but it also means we might not be good at everything. The challenge for parents is to support when needed, empathise when your kid is struggling and give them lots of messages about being okay regardless of the outcome. Actually there's a Māori greeting, tenakwe, which I think sums up this because basically it means I see you and I think when we think about self-esteem what we're saying is I'm experienced accurately and that's really what is the foundation for self-confidence. And when we do look at our children without blinkers we can see what they're capable of. I remember doing an assessment with a young man who his intellectual assessment came out as being low average. But he had parents who got that about him. And so the expectations they had of him were in line with what he was able to do. It was a little bit of challenge, but it was doable. He also had some dreams in life that were totally within his grasp. And he had a great sense of self. Really happy mood. Not a lot of anxiety. That's a pretty happy life, really. Children have a wonderful sense of aliveness and joy, an immense capacity for wonder. From the warm security we give them, they confidently take the venturesome steps out to explore this world of ours. But some of them might not be quite as confident as they seem. Remember those Teflon-coated kids we talked about earlier? Sometimes kids can come across as having a lot of self-confidence but it's a little bit false. And so they might be the kids who are telling everybody about how fabulous they are. And that's often something to just look out for because sometimes what they can be covering up is an actual fact, a sense that I'm not so good. But I'm so scared that some people might know that about me that I'm going to make a lot of noise. Sometimes if you've got someone like that in your sphere, to make a point of noticing things about their personality, things that are not about outcomes, can sometimes chip away at that. Because, as I said at the start, when it comes to confidence, we all have highs and lows, whether we're running a race at school or making parenting podcasts. 
when you first rang me about doing them, my first default response was, oh no, there'll be someone who's better at that. Whether that's a Kiwi thing, whether that's a me thing, of that tall poppy stuff. Ironically, when I was looking for somebody to do this podcast, somebody said, oh, ask Catherine Gilgit, she'll be good at that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. So sometimes I think we we fake it till we make it. And Mm. I think that's the bit where, you know, coming back to some of the stuff we talked about, you know, what is it that gives us messages about the fact that we can do it? So I've never done this kind of stuff before. But if people are telling me I'd be okay at it, if you're kind of saying we're in this together, you hear yourself doing it, you think, oh, that doesn't sound so bad. So we can do things to kind of back up our confidence too. And if we work on our confidence and apply some of these tips to our own lives, it should help our kids too. Certainly as parents, we're very influential. You know, kids are looking out for what we model. And if we're modelling all or nothing thinking that it's either success or failure, if we're modelling not tolerating difficult feelings, if we're modelling avoiding things because we might not be perfect at them, then of course that's going to have an influence. But I think it's important not to go, oh my gosh, I've stuffed it up, end of story. It's about us learning how to be different around these messages and catch ourselves. It's actually never too late. Don't forget you're an adult, you're a human being in your own right. So if some of the self-talk or some of these issues with self-esteem actually you struggle with, it's never too late to start learning how to view things a little bit differently. It is that building self-awareness, taking a few risks, trying a few things out that can help clearly your child, but also going to help you. And that's it. Are We There Yet is presented and produced by me, Katie Gossett, with assistance from Adam McCauley and engineering by Alex Harmer. Tim Watkin is the executive producer and archival audio comes from Ngā Taonga Sound and Vision and Archives New Zealand. If you enjoyed this, you can find other episodes on Stitcher, Spotify and Apple or go to rnz.co.nz and check out the podcast page. While you're there, you could have a listen to some of the other great RNZ content, including Voices, a podcast about people with diverse backgrounds living here in New Zealand. And remember to join me next time when I talk about children and swearing. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. Or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.